Hi party people, you're listening to the TMS podcast with me, Lisa May. Hi Nicole, so welcome back and thank you for chatting to me again. Um, This time we are going to be looking a little bit more at from the wholesale perspective. So where we've got a couple of wholesalers in the Mentor Society, particularly homeware, some do apparel, some do children's wear. Um, It's going to be really interesting for you to give the other side of the partnership advice in terms of, um, you know, tricks and advice for them. So firstly, I wanted to take a look at any advice or experience you can share around the wholesaler relationship with their brands. And particularly if for the purpose of the Mentor Society, we have smaller independent businesses working with much more sizable brands. Um, So a partnership's important, but is there any, you know, advice that you can share when working with the big guys? You know, so yes, I can. And as an independent in, you know, one of the, I think, opportunities that have come out of COVID for independents is they now have maybe a larger voice in the fact that they've created, and this is the beauty of our, the independent community is because they really create a very loyal customer following Um, It is that white glove, VIP, excellent customer service. Customer comes into the shop, the sales associate uh, knows her name, knows her husband's name, probably knows the car that she drives, the grandchildren. Um, There's a relationship that is there. And in time of COVID, um, many customers, they're concerned with shopping at, at some of these big uh, box retailers um, because of, you know, maybe perhaps catching it or they're just very concerned, they're not comfortable. Um, and yet they still want to have a retail experience that online can't necessarily give. So the touch and the feel, um, you know, shopping makes, I know personally, it makes me happy. It's a, it's a pastime that brings great pleasure. So I love going to my local boutiques and I want to support them like because I want them here in three to six and nine months. And so I think as a customer, because of that loyalty and that trust has been has been created with their customers, the customers feel they're doing good um, by giving the local shops their business because they want them to stay in business and they want to, to see them be here and get through COVID. And so the independents really have this opportunity and, and, and some of the feedback after the restrictions had been lifted um, and why it was a slow start. Uh, initially, the customers are choosing to shop at their local shops and give them if they're going to spend their money that's where they've decided they want to spend to spend their money um and the independents are winning like they're they're seeing bigger opportunity or covid maybe hasn't impacted them as severe or as hard um in these moments as you know some of these big department retailers um have so I think there's a lot of a lot of opportunity 
in the near future, um, at least for the next year, 18, maybe even two years um, through COVID that the independents are going to benefit. And so therefore we'll have a louder voice with the brands. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, I 100% agree. And it's what a lot of people have seen in um, in their businesses. They are having phenomenal months and weeks. Um, but yeah, I think it's just interesting when you, you know, you're looking like a small guy in comparison to the big guy, but actually COVID's, COVID's changed that a little bit. And I think it's exciting. Um, we are in such uncertain times. Um, is there any negotiating to be done at this time around, you know, brands, um, independents may be having more stock than they had previously? You know, they've been selling, they've been doing well, but have they necessarily sold the stock that they should have done at this time when we've all been cooped up? Um, what's the negotiations? What's the questions to ask? And can you ask any questions? The answer is yes. And you should be asking those questions. Um, it's very important to always be, be negotiating or to have those conversations um, throughout. I think, you know, COVID is even giving a greater opportunity um, to brands are more willing to bend and have flexibility on how and, and where they're willing to support the independents um, and the department stores. Because the reality is the independents need the brands and the brands need the independents. So we're, we are in it together. together. Um, and so to have those conversations of, and I would frame it, you know, here's, and I'll speak about what to be asking for, what to, what to be negotiating for in just a second. Um, but even more importantly is to frame it as not as what can you do for me? Um, how are you going to support me and my business? Um, and why that is true um, you know, you may want to ask the question or frame the question is what are you, what are you doing or can you do this, this, and this to, to ensure that the brand continues to be available in my shop? Because I'm concerned that I may not be here in three, three months. I may not be here in six months what's the support that the brand is willing to do for their brand to get us through this very difficult time that was out of my control, that was out of the independence control, was out of the brand's control, none of us saw coming. Uh, and so there is, if you do have an in it together mentality, there is a responsibility to each other as part of that partnership to say, how do we ease this pain? Yeah. How do we move along together? Um, and I can share with you just in my experience at Eileen Fisher, some of the, some of the requests um, that came out. Now, the, I wanna also, before I go through those requests, level set the expectation of the independents. Please don't expect a brand to be able to deliver on all of these. Yeah, choose, right? Because if, if you're expecting them to deliver on all of them, well, then you're running them out of business because then they're no longer going to be profitable Yeah, and they're not going to be around tomorrow. So that doesn't really benefit you. It may help you short term, yeah. but so I think there does need to be a sensitivity into, again, a, a, 
a partnership is something that's mutually benefiting both. Mm-hmm. It's not the, the scale doesn't look like this, right? The scale's going to look like this. It yeah. wants to be even. Um, so, but some of what you can ask for is, you know, a return on the product, um, perhaps. Um, or a discount on the product. So maybe some of the older invoices that the product was shipped and then COVID happened. And then obviously you're not seeing the re- your normal regular price sales because the whole world was on a lockdown and you know the doors were closed and there was no customers that were coming in. And now that the stores have opened back up, there's this component to, oh, let's mark it down, let's get it on sale because the shelf life of this product is very limiting and I just wanna get through the season and I just wanna get through this inventory. Um, so how can, how can the brands help in either giving a discount, giving a, an RTV um, on this product for sure. And then as far as like when you think ahead into future is, could brands give you an additional discount on in-season products? So brands always carry some OTS, some open to sell, some availability. Um, They would prefer and they would choose to sell that in their regular price distribution channels, even at a discount versus waiting to the end of the season and maybe selling it to a liquidation partner um, at an even much higher discount. So um, that's always an opportunity that helps uh, independents have a margin builder in season, um, as well as sell through some additional product or some best-selling items and can help cover their, their markdowns that they may face at the end of the season. So, and the important thing is to ask, like this, yeah. this, sometimes these negotiations make people feel uncomfortable. They feel, um, you know, like it could be conflict, but no, if you don't ask you, and it's the way in which you want to ask, um, then you won't, you'll never know. And you'll yeah. never know. So and I do think, ask. I think don't assume you're the only person that's asking. You're not the only person who's probably sat in a little bit more. You're not the only person that's probably asking these, these questions. So um, it's not going to come as a surprise. So like what you said, it's about how you frame the question and how you're asking for that support um, because they probably will have people demanding that they take the stock or do very different things you're more likely to get a better return if you're that partner that's looking at it like you said as like a holistic and it's both of you working together wholeheartedly from a wholesale perspective so from the independent what is the best way to secure exclusive product Um, And obviously this was something that was very passionate and I wholeheartedly agreed with you in the first part of this interview with not asking, not providing exclusive product, but from the wholesaler talking at larger brands that maybe have, you know, much more availability across their catalogue of product. What and how do you advise to approach that subject? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's such a, it's such a hot button and it, 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 it's good to reiterate what I, I shared from, from the brand perspective. I mean, as a wholesaler and as an independent, you do have to understand from a brand perspective that one exclusive product is more work because it's sitting outside of their core. 
um, oftentimes it's more work at less profit. Mm -hmm. The exclusive product is never as profitable um, as, as the main, because you're limited quantities. And then oftentimes the brands get stuck with the exclusive product. All of a sudden an independent or, or a department store may come back and say, oh, I know I ordered this many units, but actually I only need about 75%. And then it becomes the brand's responsibility to liquidate the exclusive product that is only meant to be sold for independent A. Um, so, you know, you really have to give a brand a really, really compelling reason as to why they should be producing exclusive product for you. Um, and it's not just about additional receipts. It has to be you're going to, and I think I cited the example, you're going to have to build out, you know, is it a, a whole marketing campaign? Mm -hmm. What's the investment on your side that you're willing to put into this exclusive program where you're promoting it and you're marketing it um, that also benefits the, the brand yeah. instead of just asking the brand to do their investment piece. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it, it also could be maybe something as being tied to, you know, a cause that maybe you and the brand wholeheartedly believe in and, and feel that there's a rally cry for. And so there may be some promotional marketing or free marketing around that, that, that the brand may get um, benefit and, and credit for. Um, but the reality just to go in and say, oh, what exclusive product do you have for me? Um, without giving a compelling reason, I don't think you'll have much success. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Because I really, really supported what you said about before with the brands and it just being like, stay away from it as much as you can. But I suppose when you are looking at it from the other side, what are those reasons where you would maybe make the exception? Um, and I love the idea of working for, um, you know, maybe a charity or a contribution to something that both of you feel really passionately about. It feels like it's worth making that exception for. Um, so yeah, love that. Um, if I can just add one more thing before we move on to the next question, Lisa. Go for and, it. and the operative word is the exception. The yeah. exception. The one time. Um, not the, not the use. Expectation. Yeah. Not, then it becomes the expectation. Well, you did yeah. it for me last season. Yeah. You did it for so-and-so. Can so you not do it for us? Yes. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I can, I can go, uh, I'll give a similar example and then we'll jump on. Yeah. Um, very early on in, in our um, launch into the UK at Eileen Fisher, we did this event where Eileen Fisher herself came and I'm going to, the, the, the store will rename nameless. Um, however, it was this big thing. And Eileen Fisher's daughter at the time was going to school in London. And so it just, the stars were aligned. It made perfect sense. She was coming over to visit her daughter. Yeah. We launched the brand in this flagship store with Eileen Fisher as the host. And that exception became the expectation every single year after year after year after year for the next like five yeah. years. And the answer's like, no, no, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So I just, you know, there's be grateful and thankful. That it happened once. <laughs> the exclusive, exactly. But 
um, maybe you need to reset the your your expectations that it doesn't become a reoccurring expectation because you got it one time yeah and, and right from the very beginning say that this is a it's a it's a one-time thing it's not something that we're going to be repeating um because yeah it, well the amount of times i heard do you think we could get eileen over and i'm like yeah probably not no um Okay, so you mentioned earlier about building partnerships with the wholesalers suppliers. What additional support can you look for from the brands that you're working with as maybe an, as an incentive to increase your spend with them on that particular season? Yeah, and a, a great question. And I think you've got to, you've got to ask as, you know, this as well, like, and what, what's important to you that you believe would help support, you know, your business, but but the, the question to be asking these brands is, what additional support does your brand offer to build your brand in your current distribution, in your stock lists, um, to really help build awareness, drive incremental sales and revenue? Um, is that through you know, visual props? Um, is that through product education? Mm -hmm. Is that through sales incentives? Um, is that through co-op marketing support where it's a 50-50? Um, in framing it in that way to a brand, the brand has this responsibility to say, yes, you know what, I do actually have to support in one or two or all of these ways to ensure the success of my brand at retail. So it's in their interest versus saying, okay, brands, what can you do for me and my store to, um, you know, it's again, it's the way in which you're phrasing yeah. the question that's probably so important and critical. Um, and, and ultimately you do, you you may get a, a different result by the way in which you're framing. I will say in Eileen Fisher, and you know firsthand, um, by adding these little um, elements of support, because the, the sales associates, the independent sales associates, as I said, you know, they know their customers' names. They know the whole life story of their customers. That is our number one tool in order to promote the brand. Um, so if you can get them to rally behind the brand, educate them, offer, you know, little, you show up to a product education and you bring little gifts. Maybe it's even some breakfast and coffee and tea, uh, but just, it's, it's a touch of kindness that leaves a lasting impression on these associates to say, you matter, your voice is, is important to us. You are, I want to provide you with the tools that you need in order to keep the brand top of mind. So when that customer does come in who, who trusts you and believes wholeheartedly in what you're going to show to them and sell to them that, you're thinking of it, my brand top of mind. Mm -hmm. um, 
So always remembering that the, the sales associates who sometimes are forgotten or maybe don't, um, we, we don't realize what an important part that they play um, in the success of our brand. And, and you know, true testimony, uh, that was something, again, at Eileen Fisher that we knew in our heart of hearts that really excelled and separated our brand and the success and the performance of our brand at retail was through investing in those associates and training them, um, giving them the little gifts, giving them the little breakfast or treats or just let's go grab a cup of coffee. It, there was a relationship that we were formulating and cultivating with them. So hey, um, we're leaving this, the, the stores, right? We're just yeah. there. We're not there every day, day in and day out. They are. Yeah, we, we needed those. And I think that we, um, we never shied away from the fact that we needed the, the sales associates and the people on the ground selling the product. Um, and we would always have the highest turnout of any, um, any brand training. Was that because I provided breakfast and muffins and probably, but I got bums on seats and we were therefore able to educate them and able to train them, which then put us forefront of mind. So I think they were probably rocking up for the breakfast because we were asking them to come in an hour before the store opened, but they were leaving, whether they knew it or not, they were leaving with the knowledge that was going to help them sell it. So I think, sure. um, yeah. And you and would it, be surprised how many brands out there don't invest in those they, yeah. small low cost programs no yeah they and yeah i think when once we realized exactly what we were offering um we then started to be like hang on a second nobody else is supporting you quite like what we are so then from the brand's perspective we were utilizing it um but yeah it is it is important and i think the guys should feel um it does work so the independents should feel quite confident in saying how can you support, how can you continue to support us through this season, um, you know, to maybe clear extra lines that, that we're going to be buying into. Um, and my final question, and it definitely sort of feels like it can sit within both the brand and the wholesalers is, as we shift into a new normal, um, can you offer any guidance for both parties on how you can create conversations and partnerships and new relationships within this new time of not having um, fashion shows, not having selling campaigns or trade shows. Um, where do we look? We, we've talked about the fact that um, independent brands um, want to be popping up in department stores and department stores are looking for new people and vice versa. How are we, how are we going about starting that in our current situation? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, it's a good question and it's, a, it, it's somewhat of a challenge because of the, the trade shows being out of, of the picture or, um, you know, because of the crowds and the limitations, um, you know, before I, I kind of go on to some of the digital platforms and mention and talk through some of those of how to connect. There's also for brands that are just starting out or independents that are just starting out. Um, in building relationships that are that are important, um, you know, Zoom. You and I right now we're we're on a Zoom call. Six months ago, no one probably knew what Zoom e even was, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and if it's not Zoom, there's Skype, there's WebEx, there's even FaceTime. 
um, there's a whole, there's a plethora of options to be able to have a video call um, that again, COVID has kind of thrusted as we're all working inside of our homes that a phone conversation feels just as impersonal these days as an email mm -hmm. did and does still. Um, so a video, if you can't have that one-on-one -on -one in person, which we know that's our first choice to be able to cultivate and, and build a relationship when you're in person, you're speaking to each other across the table or at a lunch, whatever it may be, if that's not available to us, what's the next best, best thing? And, and thank you for, for the technology that we have today is that we do have the opportunity to do these video yeah. calls that feel much more intimate than a phone conversation and or an email ever did. Um, so, you know, if, you, if, if these video options are, are not your friend, um, I would suggest they're here like to them. stay. <laughs> they're pretty, they're really pretty easy. You can do it. I promise you, I am not at all technology savvy. Um, <laughs> and I have been able to conquer and uh, my fear of some of these platforms and, and now consider them my friends to be able to be able to, you know, have those connections because it, and, and the relationship will grow that much more quickly. It may take another second or two to organize a Zoom call than it does like, you know, dialing in the, the, the phone number. Um, but I think it's time well, an extra couple seconds well spent to, to make that happen. So try to use that in any, um, you know, of, of your business dealings <clears throat> um, as you possibly can. Um, as going back to trade shows and, and kind of the challenges that these trade shows and public gathering, et cetera, it's, it's unfortunately because a lot of, unfortunate because a lot of these new brands heavily relied on the traffic of these trade shows um, in order to get their product out there and to get to, you know, independents have their eyes on new brands and, and, and brands have their eyes on independents. Um, there are digital platforms. Uh, New Order is one. Jour is another one. Um, they were here pre-COVID. Um, again, COVID has only enhanced the importance and the reliance that brands and um, retailers alike are using. Um, and it's here to stay, like it's not going away. Um, and it's an opportunity to not only are is the brand able to connect with the independents that are that are on either of these platforms, but the independents can also see the the selection of new brands that are using this platform. So there's prospecting that's happening on both sides. Yeah. Um, so that's one component, and then the second component is that it is an online ordering system. So for example, Eileen Fisher in June market post COVID, um, everyone's working from home, our New York offices and our London offices are closed. And we're like, we have to have a market. We have to take orders and, and show our collection. And we did that through a digital showroom using New Order. So that was, that's who we use. But again, Jor offers a very similar service. Um, 
and we worked with our clients either on a one-on-one -on -one or they could have walked through digitally on their own and place an order and then they hit submit. And so there's this electronic ease of the orders done. You don't have to think about it again. There's no handwritten, let me handwrite my order. Um, one extra small, two smalls, two mediums. Um, so it, there was a lot of efficiency that, that the tool had brought as well. So that is probably the biggest way um, that retailers and brands are working together today in order to um, you know, share their products or for independents to, to, to buy new, new brands and new products. Mm -hmm. So I highly recommend, and it's a nominal fee. It's very, um, it, it doesn't cost a lot of money to, to join. Yeah. Um, and more so for the independents, I'm not sure if it costs any money for, for you to join. It's more of the brands. And so if you do business um, with a brand that uses either of these platforms and you're not on it yet, please ask them to add you to it. So then it does allow you um, visibility visibility oh amazing yeah i mean i know that you'd um we talked we had used um you had talked about new order but we were definitely still in the phase of doing the scribbling out of the reports and crossing it out no i don't want that one and where's that going to go and just archaic when you think back now but it's good that it's something that was pre-covid because at least then it has got you know it's not been rushed together if this is if this was already going but covid's just thrust it into yeah into everyone's minds so yeah that's amazing um, and it offers a very similar experience to our own shop our own online shopping yeah so you go to you know a harveynichols.com um and you'll you'll have a similar experience and and click on this it goes to my shopping cart okay yeah. submit review my order let me submit so i suppose it's spending a little bit of time on those platforms figuring out and then when you're wanting to build those relationships it's reaching out to people you know whether it's through that new order system whether it's linkedin or whatever to kind of have these face-to-face -face conversations so it's still very doable it's just it's just done in a very different way now yeah it's like a one-stop shop like you yeah can, now again not all the brands in the world are on and either yeah. of these two but there is quite a variety that that is there so yeah amazing um, and it allows you to connect with them yeah Thank you so much. Um, th those were all, all the questions I kind of wanted to, to run past you that have either popped up it myself that I've wanted to educate the guys on or they've specifically been asking. So I really appreciate your time um, in chatting to me both, you know, about this one and the previous one. It's been, um, yeah, it's been lovely to chat to you again and having not seen you for, for a little bit as well. I, well, likewise, and my, and my pleasure and to everyone in the mentor society so i hope you found this information useful and, and beneficial and happy to be here with all of you so and so good to see you of course lisa yeah they will they will find it very useful amazing thank you so much nicole and i'll speak to you soon bye all right bye dear that's it lovely people you've been listening to the tms podcast